right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. Right now, all you have is myself, Mike Maroney, and McLean Boyd. We're having some scheduling issues this week. You know, we actually have lives, although some of you may think we don't have lives, but between business, family, travel, Tom and Jay were not able to make it. So what we're going to do, we're recording this on Tuesday night. McLean and I are going to go over some DraftKings thoughts and picks and strategies and and not really make our final picks, but we do, again, like we said last week, we want to open this up to all of our listeners to get involved. We've created a $5 DraftKings uh, contest. Not going to break the bank, but have a little fun. You guys can rib us and give us some shit on our crappy picks like we're pretty good at doing, especially mine last weekend where I said they were terrible and I, I was right. They were pretty terrible, but I was on a heater there for a while. So McLean and I are just going to go over, you know, semi preview of, of this week's U.S. Open and DraftKings. But the boys are all going to be back together tomorrow on Wednesday. Get this out on Thursday. Hopefully uh, this will go out tomorrow morning, Wednesday. And um, just kind of do a little bonus 15, 20 minute episode tonight for you. And uh, hopefully you guys can um, reach reach out to us, get the link. Uh, it is a private contest. I didn't want random people just signing in. And so it took me three attempts to actually set up the correct one on here. Because when I tried to set up a public one, I couldn't I'd name it Emergency Nine Golf Podcast, which is some generic PJ Tour contest. So, but, but definitely anyways. go to our Instagram page. The links will be on there. I'm going to post something right after the show. So the link will be on there to join. It will be on our bio as well. Um, come out and be a part of the event. Yeah. Love so we'll, we'll and we'll definitely cover, um, we'll cover all the results next week with anyone outside of, uh, the four of us win. actually, you know what, that the highest winner outside of us for, um, I mean, obviously it'd be tough for someone to win because I'm going to win, but if we do have someone else, win, I've got a hat and shirt, E nine hat and shirt for them, um, for whoever the winner is hat shirt combo. Perfect. We'll get a little, little swag out to, uh, the top listener. Let's be honest, McLean, you've won like once this week or this year, excuse me. It's twice, Tom, twice, twice, Mike, sorry, twice. Jeez. We're not even drunk yet. We don't even know each other's names, but <laughs> I, I, we were just talking about it. We don't have either of the guys here to. Tom or Jay to moderate a argument between the two of us. It could go on three hours. If we do get into an argument, no one's going to change the subject or try to settle us down. We'll try to keep it clean. Wow. I'm not clean, but we won't argue. How about that? <laughs> I make no promises. That's right. That's right. You you've, you've been into some drinks already. I just can't, we both just came back from separate dinners in our, uh, in Richmond and Charlotte. So we're, we've both had a few cocktails already. Well, what so, would you have to dinner tonight, though? I mean, I heard you had some decent company at best, but what would you actually have to dinner? You know, a fine company took me out to dinner, you know, wine yeah, and dine. Definitely a good company. I'm just not sure about their representatives. Well, you, you know, I mean, you got to take take the good ones with the bad ones. That's all <laughs> I can say. I love those guys. But uh, yeah, good guys. Uh, I had a nice filet. It's fantastic. Ordering was a little iffy at the restaurant with this whole online QR code menu ordering. We were waiting for someone to come take our drinks. And then we realized, no, we got to place the order on the phones. Uh, we were just sitting there staring at each other for a little while. Thirsty. So but you had to order a filet on an app on a, yeah, on the phone. That's awful. Yeah. 
I'm not even interested. No, it was it was it was odd. It was weird. Uh, it was a little bit of overkill. I mean, they're coming to the table to ask if we need anything. Like we're doing okay. Can you read the menu all right online? Yep, we got that. Can you just take my drink order, please? Coming to clear our tables sometimes, clearing the dishes sometimes not. But I will. We're starting to see fractions. We're starting to see fractions back of normal life, and you know, I'm I'm excited the whole way around. I get a new governor this month. I'm pretty excited about that. There you go. Well, you're moving. Oh, that's right. That's why you're getting a new governor. I got Sunshine you. State, baby. That's right. So for those of you who haven't been involved in DraftKings, obviously you've heard us talk about it. It's daily fantasy. You are, there's millions, well, maybe not millions, but there's a lot of different contests you can join for the PJ Tour every week. You know, from a dollar to $20, from 10 people to hundreds of thousands of people. I uh, like the big one they're doing this week on DraftKings for the U.S. Open. So I'm getting you, in. I got on that one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can't win if you're not in, right, Mike? That's right. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, McLean. That's, a, that's an incredible statistic. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, write that one down. So you get six players to choose to fill out your roster. DraftKings has assigned a dollar value to every player. And in those six players, you have... $50,000 to spend, which is good because you're not just going to go pick the top, you know, six of the top 10 guys and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a genius. And that's really easy to do. So you have to find some guys down the board. You have to have some some risk and some strategy. If you're going to take the top couple of guys, you're going to use up a good portion. You know, you're going to use up 20, 25% of your salary cap potentially on some of the top guys. So you got to go down the board to find some sleepers some dark horses. And so what we want to do is we're not going to particularly give our, our picks per se, but just kind of talk about tomorrow night. Yeah. Picks will be the NARP tomorrow night with the boys. And so this will just kind of be, you know, some guys we have an eye on that we potentially will fantasy advice. Some fantasy advice advice from workhorses. I like to look at is I've got, I picked out 10 guys who I think I, who I think can win, who I think are the 10 probably top, top guys if i had to go down and make a list of who i think i think i've got one of the winners in my top 10 and i've got a dark horse pick so i've got 11 picks total but i've got like i said 10 guys who i think inside that 10 most likely cover uh someone who i think is going to win not only someone who can win in a u.s open major situation but also someone who can win at tory pines um so i've got a nice little list here broken down um i already know who my dark horse pick is I'll give you a hint right now. It's the low draw out of West Texas, but we won't go too deep. Mike can shake his head all he wants to. If you do, we want to start our first argument. Do we want to start here? No, you just you're just so predictable. That's all I'm going to say. Man, you know, sometimes you know you got to ride that horse till it bucks. I don't know the best way to play it. You keep playing the same lottery number, right? Isn't that the way you get the best odds? The same is it? I don't know. I I do know if you're never won the lottery. So I've won more DraftKings leagues than I won the lottery. You're not in, you can't win. So get That's in, right. guys. It's going to be a great contest. We're going to do this more and more going forward. We want to start to engage our listening um, contingent that we have. Uh, I think DraftKings is a great way to do it. We can create some camaraderie. I think it's something to where once we get the winner out there, we might have to bring the winner on the show, Mike. We might have to get a little special uh, special few minutes with the winner, go over some of his thoughts. I mean, my God, if I hear about his picks, I could only get better because my picks suck. So I could use any advice, any engagement I could get on uh, on our DraftKings topic. Careful. If you have any competition, I might just kick you off the uh, show and bring on somebody else. 
Well, you wouldn't need a whole lot, Mike. Let's be honest with you. You wouldn't need a whole lot to cover me. <laughs> so no one's going to drink wine like you, though. So that would be a tough one to to stop shooter fill there. It would be a boot, as a matter of fact. You couldn't even call it a shoe. We were talking about you at dinner tonight, and Miller Lyka brought up. I'm like, I don't know about Miller Lite. I'm sure he can drink a lot of that, but man, that boy drinks a lot of wine. I plead the fifth. <laughs> All right, so here's a question for you. Going back to the DraftKings. Let's go. Not this week related. Okay. And you don't have to tell me. You can just say, you know, go to hell. I don't want to give you my secrets. But do you have a strategy every week on how you go about your picks? Yes, to a certain extent. I have two strategies that I want to employ. The first one is I want to pick my top guy, and then I go pick my bottom guy. So I want to see who is, and and it does vary. I don't always employ that, but there are a lot of times where I've got a horse for a course, or there's one of those top guys that I, I really know he's trending, he's playing really well, um, and you just feel like you, you got to have him on your team, similar to how I felt with Dustin at Kiowa. Obviously, that didn't pay off, but that was definitely the strategy I employed that week. Um, from there, I'd go to high to low. You know, I want to figure out either who my high guy is or who my low guy is. So sometimes I'll start off and try to get my two kind of lower dollar amount guys. I'll go a little bit deeper into the research. I want to find guys who I feel like have had somewhat of maybe a history at the golf course, someone who has. Um, played well previously. Maybe he's a veteran on tour. Guy's got a, he's pretty high on the career money earnings list. And and my reason for looking at guys like that is I feel like they're very confident. Um, you know, there are certain guys that are, you know, for the longest time before the PGA championship. And even now, you know, Phil Mickelson was historically that guy early in the year. He didn't play that great for a lot of the year, but at the same time, when you can pick a guy like that at 6,900 to 7,400, um, he can win anywhere. He's not going to be intimidated by anything. One of the greatest short games of all time. Um, I liked him early in the year as kind of one of those lower end picks. Um, But again, I think it does go back to, I want to know who my top dollar amount is. I want to know who my bottom dollar amount is. And then I'm going to try to fill in those who I pick first kind of changes out on the course, the week or the uh, tournament, quite frankly. How about you? So we have a little bit of a similar, you know, I usually take a glance at the top first. I'm usually never taking the top three or four guys almost ever in a given week relative to the field strength. Obviously that, that affects it drastically. Oh, you know, week like last week, there wasn't too many top guys. So, um, where a week, a week like this, where everyone's up there, there's a lot of top guys. So I usually have an idea of two or three of the top guys, but I go bottom first. I usually pick, I go down, you know, so in DraftKings, I'm going down to the low seven thousands in looking around and trying to find two good guys down there. And then that kind of helps me pick, okay, do it. We're both guys, 7,000. Did I have to go up to 7,600 to find a couple of guys that I liked? Um, Where am I? How much have I spent through two guys? Then it's easier to fill my top end guys with a couple. And then, you know, so it's basically too high, too medium too low when it's all said and done roughly you know week to week changes a little bit but sure i hate i hate the fact where i, I take two of the top guys and then i'm, I'm taking someone you know at 6500 and i hate it and i have to delete and pull out one of the top guys so yeah. i'd rather be like okay i've only spent fourteen thousand and feel like i have a lot of room to play with to pick the top guys after my bottom two you know that's from a dollar standpoint how i kind of look at my teams to make well, it would- 
Would you agree that it's one though in the low amount, the low dollar amount guys outside of if your high dollar guy wins, would you agree that having your low dollar guys make the cutter play well that week is more impactful than picking a Dustin Johnson who finishes a top 10? Way, way more. He's going to have 25 to 50% of the field has him on his team versus picking a guy like, uh, I don't even know the best way to say it, but let's say, uh, I mean, shit. Had you picked Garrick Higo for last week? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. comes out and wins? That's, that's definitely right because um, it's about, like we've said, it's about amassing points, right? So you need guys to make the cut. But it's if, also rel- relative to how many people have him on their team as well. Correct. Yeah, There's exactly. There's more of a chance that uh, when it's the four of us that, two or three of us are going to have Jordan Spieth or Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy because why wouldn't you pick one of those guys? So, but as you look at a field and you're talking about, you know, I don't know, like a guy like Ryan Palmer, 7,100 or something like that, you know, less guys are going to have him. So if that guy down at the bottom, there's so many guys in that 7,000 range that we're probably not all going to have the same guy down there. And if that guy makes the cut, if you get six guys make the cut, you got a strong chance of winning it, at least when it's the four of us, because you're just going to amass so many points. Every time they play a hole, it's you get points for a par, right? So, yes, yeah, so you, you can lose points for bogeys, but if I'm, my guys are playing six rounds of golf on Sunday, and your guys are only playing four rounds of golf on Sunday. There's a good chance you're not catching me because I'm just going to keep amassing points. Yeah. So, yes, that's where it, it separates. It's It's really easy to pick, you know, Justin Thomas. It's harder to pick the guy at sixty eight hundred, right. seven thousand, whatever it is. So that, that's where it's yeah. won or lost. At least in a small contest like we're doing, you know, you look at some of these professionals Even who are doing ones. this. It's stupid. Yeah, you have to have those guys. Even right? in the big ones, I mean, you have to have the winner to win one of the big DraftKings contests. But the one thing that you always notice when you go and look at the top of the leaderboard is they lucked into and or pick those lower guys to get up there. Now a lot of this is computer generated with some of these con- contests. The guys that have one hundred and fifty entries. They're doing computer-generated teams. Um, that's why I'm a big fan of the single entry, just from the standpoint of I feel like I've got a better chance because I'm not putting in – I don't have someone going against me with 150 computer-generated teams, and I've really got to get very lucky to be competitive. Um, but at the same time, the bigger ones, those are the opportunities to win the bigger money. And Yeah, I, absolutely. I I'm, a, I'm also a guy of – I go back to – um, you know, filling out a March Madness bracket. I'm one of those guys that when I fill out a bracket, I put the same bracket in every pool I get into. Yeah, you know the old Mike and Mike radio show with Greenberg and Gold, like they used to call it, the bracket of integrity. It's right, because it's, it's easy bracket. if you're going to get in six different pools and you have six different Final Fours and say, "Well, yeah, look at me, I'm a genius." No, you come up with your one pick. And that's how I deal. Yeah, you're going to either lose them all or win them all, but you know. That's that's how I do it. It gets too hard for a, a rooting interest. But there's a reason you pick that bracket first. There's a reason yes. you pick those players first. Absolutely. That in your mind was who you thought was going to be either the most competitive or your best opportunity to show some return on your investment. Exactly. And so, like when I look at my team too, from a player standpoint, from you know, I kind of went over the too high, too medium, too low from a dollar standpoint. I look at recent form, probably number one. How's the guy playing? Simple as that. We all know this game is fickle, and um, I'd rather take a guy that just had you know three consecutive you know top thirty finishes 
versus the guy that just missed three cuts in a row. It's, that's pretty easy. That's not rocket science. Then I'm going to look at how does this player play at this course? What's their history? Tell me at this yeah. course. Yeah. And this this week, I think there's a lot of merit to be put into that. I, I truly yeah. do it at a place like Tory, especially a place where we have so much history to go back on, being that it is a normal tour stop. I think there's a lot there. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's kind of, you know, 1A, 1B. Recent form, and then does their game match the course or do they have success? You know, sometimes in these majors, it's they've never played there in 10 years, so they maybe don't have it. So does their game fit the style of golf course? But with a course like Tory that they go to every year or when we're just picking on a regular PGA Tour event week when, you know, it's Muirfield Village and they've been playing there since the 70s and everyone has some pretty good track record, unless you're talking about a rookie or, you know, a Victor Hovland that maybe has played these places twice, right? right? And early in their career, that makes it a little bit harder. But, you know, it's definitely recent form and then does their game fit uh, where we're going. So... With that being said, oh, 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 I brought that up at dinner tonight too about how much you say that. I don't say it anymore. I actually like fight saying it. And I was recently in a business meeting with some a customer and he was saying it over and over. And I'm sitting there going, Jesus, this is what meetings with me used to be like. <laughs> we've, we've, we've trained it out of you. I can't say it. I, I, I almost can avoid it more than anything. And I'm almost running out of that dozen balls you sent me with, with that's being said on it. Just so everyone knows, uh, Mikey was kind enough to send me a dozen balls with that's being said, personalized on the side. And I love free golf balls. So I couldn't wait to play them. Hey, you're welcome. I think that was a, that was a Christmas gift. So you haven't played much golf. That was one dozen back in December. So I've not played much golf. I'm on uh, my last sleeve though. Cause I know you lose a lot of golf balls. So you just might not be playing much. Oh, golf. easy, bro. Easy. And for the listeners, yes, Tom and I will break down tomorrow our uh, little two-man event that we just played in yesterday for all of our listeners. I know you're just dying to hear how that went. Y'all clipped the shop girl at TPC Avenue by a shot. There we go. That's awesome. Everybody has to have someone. We got something. That's right. Somebody. You know, I'll I'll just tell the listeners, uh, don't hold your breath. It was not very good. So, all right. Who are you looking for? Um, right, so my top ten. Let's wait. Right, here's one more, one more, one more tip. One more tip for the uh, for the listeners from a you know roster construction standpoint. Give them just the tip, babe. Don't worry. It's all I got. Don't worry about using every dollar of your salary cap. Also true. I got into that thing where I'm like, oh wait, I got two hundred dollars to spend, so I delete someone and go find somebody else just because they're two hundred dollars more expensive. No, stick with the guys you like. Right. So if you have three, four, five hundred dollars remaining in your salary cap, doesn't that's matter. fine. It doesn't matter. Right. There's really not that much difference from a guy who's eighty two hundred and seventy nine hundred. Just if you have the guy that's seventy nine hundred and you have three hundred dollars remaining, just keep that guy. I mean, it, it's golf. It's very minimal. If his game fits and he's playing better. So what? You know, DraftKings may have knocked down a guy's salary cap just because he's not playing very well. And some guy's playing well and he's been bumped up. Great. If yeah, maybe who cares where they are in the world rankings? So don't you don't have to use every dime you have. If you like your team, stick with it. Simple as that. So, all right. Some of the guys you like. I don't have the like broke down top ten list like you do. All right, but I've I've got a list. I'm dialed in. All right, you're I, dialed. I truly think like I mean, there's obviously more than one dark horse, and you can't predict this stuff. 
but I feel like I've got 10 guys who I feel like have some of the best opportunities to win at Tory. Uh, let's start off with, I'm just going to run down. This is not one to 10. This is in no particular order, uh, but I've got Colin Morikawa on my list. Guy can play T to green on any golf course. Uh, the smaller greens are going to benefit him being that he's not the strongest of putters, but I think he's one that's ready to break through on the major scene. Um, I think he could play very well. And again, like I said, T to green, there's not going to, you're not going to find many golf courses that his game's not going to fit. Um, short game around the greens, I think is also extremely well. Yeah, no. And you'll, you'll probably hear Jay say this tomorrow is Poena greens, right? It kind of negates the good putters Some putting a little Some bit putting small greens, Poana greens certainly opens it up as a ball strikers venue. Yeah. Um, I, you can't, you can't pull putting out of the equation because no, you never can not in a major putt well, yeah. but you will have a little bit of that chatter left or right. That lets a couple putts fall in versus missing, but then it comes to a little bit of luck involved at the same time. Again, not something that a good putter is necessarily going to take advantage of, but something that, I think could go. I think could go uh, either way. At the same time, it is a U.S. Open, and we know ball striking has always been a premium at a U.S. Open. Um, moving down the list again, Rory McIlroy, uh, a guy who can play well anywhere, tee to green, as strong as anyone that's out there. His putting is going to be a big part of whether or not he can contend. The Poana greens could easily play into his um, into his favor, but you know, with what he did at Quail this year. Uh, he's got some recent form, and you know I I, I look forward to seeing what he's going to do at Toria. He's just another one of those guys where you got to look to contend in the big spotlight. Uh, moving down there, local boy Xander Shoffley. Uh, I look for him to play very well. Again, we're talking about complete players, and the first three guys we've listed are very complete players. Xander maybe as complete as any of them in terms of how he puts on the greens as well as what he does tee to green. And he just went to your, uh, he went to your famous arm lock. He's last week. One of the, I know he's not one of the better putters on tour is what I was getting to. Well, he was though. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know why he's putting with the arm lock. And I agree with you. I I don't know. We forgot to talk about this last week. You know, he made those comments. He switched to arm lock. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but he made those comments that he he switched to arm lock. He thinks it should be banned and illegal, but he's like, it helps me, and I'm going to do it anyways because it is legal. Um, I always thought he was a good putter. I haven't, you know, done a deep dive on his stats. Maybe I will. Um, I think he's putted pretty well since he went to the arm lock, but that'll be interesting. I think uh, you know the, the San Diego kid is at more pressure or less pressure being at home with more people, more friends and family there. Sure. sure. Um, it, it's, but I think I, I he's played there at Tory enough. And he's he's experienced enough that that shouldn't bother him anymore. He's had his local crowd out enough time. I think he's ready to really make a breakthrough on that next stage. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorite guys out there. I just like his demeanor. He seems gritty. He just hasn't, you know, hasn't gotten it done enough for how talented he is. So, anyways, keep going. All right. Uh, Complete player, major championship player, Louis Tazen. Again, leading the tour in putting which is crazy which is crazy with arguably one of the best swings that we've seen um great ball striker again when we talk about a complete player he's right there i think he's he's fit to contend at another major um the guy who everyone loves to hate patrick reed one by five there this year at tory 
got to like what he's going to do. Again, we talk about another complete player. I know I'm. <laughs> we've got a little bit of a trend in my list, uh, but Patrick Reed shows that a complete player can dominate that golf course. Uh, what he did winning by five there earlier was incredibly impressive. Again, another guy who doesn't get the uh, best way to say it doesn't get frazzled by a major championship. He's not going to go in there or cheating scandals. Nervous. You know, look, he can shovel turf all over the place and drop wherever the hell he wants. Uh, again, look for him to contend. So, yeah, I, I heard, you know, obviously people, a lot of people talk about his short game and how good it is. And when you have a place it's that's unbelievable when it's going to be, you know, hard to hit a lot of greens, um, the short game is going to help. I, I had the golf channel on today, this afternoon. I was at home doing some things. I don't remember which analyst said it, but he made a comment about Patrick Reed and like, yeah, he's never scared of a bad lie. And I was like, well, yeah, because he's fucking fluffing it back down. That's why he's never scared of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if he realized what he was saying, but he's never anyways. scared of a bad lie because he never actually has one. He's never actually has one. It starts off as a bad lie. It ends up as a really good lie. That's anyways, keep going. All right. Again, I look for him to contend. Bad I'm just going to comment on all your picks. That's all I'm going to do. That's actually perfect because you're going to love my list. Moving on, complete player number one, Justin Thomas. Guy can win on any golf course. I'll take him every week, and I'll bet on him uh, every week from now until he starts doing something different than what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he plays hard golf course as well. Hasn't been playing that well since he won the players, yeah. which is kind of surprising. But if he puts decent, he's a factor. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. From there... The runner-up specialist, Mr. Tony Finau. Uh, he's made seven of seven cuts there since 2015, and his worst finish is T24. Horse for a course, along with my dark horse. He's a horse for a course. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Poana Greens could certainly benefit him, and it may be his key to getting into the winner circle, uh, albeit possibly as well in a major. But he's someone who I think is going to get around that golf course, obviously pretty well. I don't think the conditions and, or the uh, width of the fairways are going to be that much difference than what they saw a couple months ago. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. I think the rough's going to be a lot longer, but I still think with his strength and his speed, if there's going to be an issue with getting out of the rough, he's going to be one of the guys that has that advantage. And they so were saying him. last night when I was watching live from that, the rough, you know, uh, granted, this is what Monday night when I was watching this. They were saying the rough isn't as penal as they thought, but they're probably yet by like Sunday comes around, they're probably not going to touch it all week. I saw a uh, thing from Ian Poulter on the yeah internet. around the greens. It said it's brutal. He was dropping. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. So we'll see what happens. But again, if you go back to Finau, who are the guys that are going to be able to get through the rough with less? Um, you know, an impact to what they're actually doing. It's going to be guys that are stronger that can create that speed. Um, DeShambo has shown that he's going to be good out of the rough. I don't have him on my top 10 list, but with the ability to hit down on the ball as steep as he is, that's how he was able to be effective um, at last year's U.S. Open. And we'll see what happens this year. Again, I don't have him on my top 10, but again, going back to it, Tony Finau, I think he's someone who's going to play well at Torrey. Um, Boom from there. Mark Leishman, big guy, hits down on it. Guy's been playing some solid golf. He was a runner-up at Torrey in 2010 and 2014. Won in 2020, which is the first win since the redesign. Um, Got to think this guy likes the golf course. Guy who's been playing pretty well. Uh, I think he's someone who's going to contend as well. 
Uh, moving down that list, Justin Rose. He was the last winner before the renovation. Uh, one in 2019. He does have four top 20s in the last five starts. I know there's some distant differences to the golf course, but he has had some success there. I think he's got something to build off of. And again, a guy who has plenty of career earnings, tons of experience. I think he's someone who's not going to get frazzled in a major championship and can post a good number out there. I think he's going to contend as well. Um, last one before I get to my dark horse, Hideki Matsuyama. A really good record at Torrey Pines. Uh, looking back to it, I think he's you know he's in that list for horse for a course at Torrey, but he's definitely not cemented it the way a couple of other guys have. Um, you know, he's not a fee now. He's not my dark horse pick. Um, which moving to is is the low draw out of West Texas. Uh, Ryan Palmer, guy who has played Torrey Pines incredibly well over the years. Look for him to contend every year at Tory, and I don't think this is any different. And you haven't picked him in like two weeks, so he must be just dying. In two weeks, so I've just been dying. You got the Tory Ryan Palmer shakes over there. I knew that I knew Tory was coming up, so I've been holding off, really looking at putting in, him into a solid lineup this week. And I can promise everyone, without question, there's zero chance whether or not he's in my lineup. So you're either on the bandwagon or you're not. Um, I love it. I knew that was coming. I was looking at the picks earlier when I was doing my team and looking at some articles. And I will say this, normally we're doing this on Monday night. And when I do some research, there's not many articles out there yet about the preview. It's kind of early in the week. And there's today drastically more than articles on, uh, obviously because it's a major two. So us open coverage is, but yeah, Tuesday, you're through the roof. Tuesday, they all come out Tuesday morning. Everyone does their research on Monday. Um, you know, they get over there Sunday night, hangover from the golf tournament. And um, get into it Monday, Monday afternoon. They publish the stuff on Tuesday, which is great because it means I don't have to do like real research. That's right. It's really easy to do this. Exactly. But yeah, I saw somebody have, you know, picked Ryan Palmer as a great, you know, value pick this week. I'm like, oh, I know who McLean's picking. I didn't need I didn't need them to tell me that. So here's here's some guys. I'll I'll do this. I kind of crossed off all the guys that you have already spoken about as you know, some guys to keep an eye on. I'll just talk about some other guys that you did not bring up. Not that I'm going to pick them, but just more, some of them are most curiosity how they're going to play. I'm really curious to see what happens with Rom. He's the betting favorite. He was obviously, you know, playing his ass off at, at Muirfield before he had a WD. And he did start hitting balls again on Saturday when he was cleared to play. He's been there all week. You know, initially they were talking, maybe he wasn't going to get there till Wednesday with quarantine, but he had enough negative tests. And so I don't know. There's just a lot of hype and a lot of talk around a guy. And normally that doesn't really bode well for someone. I I I think he's too young that he's coming back from too much. I I don't know. I think there's just going to be way too much pressure on him. I think there's going to be way too many questions being asked of him. I think his attention is going to be taken away from winning the U.S. Open and going to be fielding a lot of COVID questions, vaccination questions. Um, I don't. Thing. I think this could have been his week had he have won that golf tournament. I think this could absolutely been his week. But because of what happened and because this is his first week back, he's going to be dealing with so much media frenzy and questions surrounding so many things other than his game plan and what he's going to do this week that I think it's going to be distracting. And I just don't think the guy can do it. I, I yeah. to be honest. I think he's a bad bet. I think he's got the game to win and not taking anything away from John Rahm. I think he's a great player. I think he will win a lot more golf tournaments. I think he's going to win majors. And he's played uh, well there. 
I just I don't think this is going to be his week. Unfortunately, I think he's he's, he's one he's one there. I will say this: he's not going to be on my team. There's too many question marks around him for the top Absolutely. dollar amount, right? But Absolutely. that's more of a curiosity to see how he plays, not necessarily a DraftKings prediction. Um, Bryson is interesting. Again, a lot of money you're going to be spending if, if you use it on him. And, um, you know, obviously he just won a U.S. Open at a, a tough, tough venue just back in September. So interesting. But uh, he's again, not been playing well of late, though. No, he hasn't. And you can, if you've listened to any of our episodes, you know I will not be picking Bryson for a lot of reasons. But no. some some guys I would take a look at that you you haven't met. Him, hey, Mike. Though, and I apologize. I'm not trying to interrupt, but I I got to give Bryson some credit. I'm not necessarily pulling for the guy, but I want to know what he shot. Yeah, I normally hope it's high. But yeah, but regardless, the guy, the guy's made a name for himself. You, you, you go to find him on the scoreboard, good or bad. Yeah, I'll, I'm with you there. That's fine. Yep. You know, so I mean, except it, for what it is, whatever yeah. it is. Yep. So some other guys, I wouldn't, you know, a couple of these guys aren't too far down here, but um, guys like Hovland, Cantlay, Cantlay's played well there. He's obviously in good form with a with a win in his last event at, at Muirfield. You know, it's hard he to back up a made win. My top ten, yeah, he almost made my top ten. It's hard to back up a win with another win, but um, I still think he'll play well and be in contention. You know, Hovland again, pure ball striker. Cantley's a Southern California boy, isn't he? He is. Yep. So you know, there's got to be a little bit of a level of comfort there. You know, he'll have in and out and animal style fries, and that's right. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I know he played golf at UCLA. Um, lives in. I don't know if he lives in San Diego or LA. I know. I think it's. I think he lives in L.A. But, uh, but yes, he's Southern Cowboy. So look out for him. Hovland again, just another ball striker. Seven top tens this year, only one missed cut. It. I mean, put it this way: he's he's only missed. Was it the players? Was the only cut he missed? And that's just a really hard place to play golf. So, you know, a million top tens, top twenties. It's just hard to count him out. And again, we start looking at a DraftKings lineup. You want guys that know are going to be there going to have a solid finish you don't have to pick six winners because only one guy can win but he's just hard to overlook every week and you go down a little bit more uh some other guys will zalatoris right pure ball striker did the bumpy greens kind of help him out where no one's really making a lot of putts especially when you start getting you know the afternoon waves a lot of foot traffic the poas growing and getting bumpy and looking like a head of Broccoli and you know everyone's seen the famous probably the most famous close-up of a putt was at Torrey Pines with Tigers putt on the 72nd hole to get to the playoff with the Rocco Mediate and how much that thing was bouncing around. So again, pure ball striker, not a great putter, but you might not need to be this week if he's hitting a lot of greens. Um, he'll be okay. I look at another another guy in that same boat, Corey Connors. You know he's he's destined. Uh... Put something up. I don't know if he's ready to win at the open yet, but I think he's someone who could play well. He's it, ball striking wise, the guy's had just an absolute incredible year. If he puts decent and he hits the ball the way he has, I mean, he he could easily be a factor. Easily yeah, I mean, be a factor. Seven top tens, bunch of top thirties. Just again playing well, made a bunch of cuts. You know, for eighty two hundred dollars is a good good value pick when you start looking at your uh, you know your roster. Uh, Terrell Hatton, 
Just came off of second place finish at Congaree. Seems to play a tough golf course as well as one at all in Palmer, you know, uh, last year when it was playing unbelievably hard uh, at Bay Hill. So another guy to look at there at $8,300. Can't wait to talk more Congaree tomorrow. Sam, uh, oh, sorry, Sam, Cam Smith. Sam Smith is a singer, but Cam Smith, another guy, seems to, to flush it and just play, kind of rises to the occasion. You don't really hear from Cam much during regular tour events, and then a major comes around and he's on the leaderboard, top five, top 10. You go down, further down. Now I'm, now I'm down to the 7,000s. So now we're Way kind of in here. What is this list you're on? Me? <laughs> I'm just going down. I'm just going down the DraftKings list here. Way down there. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, we need some sleepers, right? You, you gave us all guys are 8,500 above. So I think, you know, um, Joaquin Neiman, $7,500. That seems like a steal to me. Yeah, that's a great pick. That guy, I think, can one, we know Torrey Pines is going to have wind involved in the tournament. His ball has about the least wind involvement on tour. I mean, he hits it a head high piss missile. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna, I think he's gonna play well. I think he's gonna be a factor. Uh, you know, I don't know. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the bullfrog, Mr. Jason Kokrak, a little Mr. bit Jason Kokrak. coming in spicy, you know, um, obviously been playing well. well he, he won his last event out Charles Schwab, but even before that, it put up a, a handful of top tens in a row and some, some high finishes and. Hasn't missed he was a cut. on the PGA Tours power rankings list. I mean, they've and they obviously have done more research than I have, but yeah, I mean, he's um, only 7,600 when it comes to DraftKings. Wow. So, what a sleeper pick. You know, we, you start looking at I'm putting in another team totally based around the Bullfrog as we speak. <laughs> so, those are some of the other guys. Uh, I think if I, you know, I'd be curious. I, I wish this guy would do more. I'm, I'm not sure if he's really going to do anything this weekend, but I just like the guy. I want to go have a beer with him. Hey, Jason Kokrak is sixth in FedEx Cup rankings, yeah. by the way. How he's only, what do you say, 7,600? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it's and, for and it's a two-time like we're winner. At the beginning of the year. We're not at the beginning of the year. No, two-time winner this season, you know, going back to the fall, you know, the wraparound. He's about one of three guys that have won twice. And he's That's incredible. It's so, truly incredible. And you know, by the way, do you know who rounds out the top 10 in FedEx Cup rankings? Future Hall of Famer, Stuart Stu Sink. I was gonna say you got two wins, <laughs> so he's got to be up there. I love it. I, I'm 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 rooting for him. Not really, I am but too, um, I pick him this week. I think the golf course can play too long, um, but man, the guys played well. It's hard not to pick him any week. Although I heard him, I, I heard a quote or read a quote, excuse me, from uh, the USGA that I mean, it, it's seventy six hundred from all the way back, par seventy one. But they're never going to put it all the way back one day. I mean, they said they were going to play it more 72 to 74 on a given day. Well, on a golf course that has that many natural elements involved in it, I think that's smart. I think that keeps it a fair golf course. I mean, if you get it, because especially the wind can change out there very quickly. So if it is 7,200 and it starts blowing 25 mile an hour or it's 75, 500 starts blowing 20 mile an hour those are two very different situations yeah and it, it sounds like the golf course is dry so it should be you know play a little bit shorter obviously if you have an early morning tea time and you know the heavy air and the fog in san diego the different ball won't area. travel that well but it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's going to be soft and wet and 
they should be getting some bounce in the fairway. So if you do have a shorter hitter, it might not be as penal, you know, if they're going to get 30, 40 more yards of roll because of how firm it is. So, you know, don't shy away from those short hitters just because you think it's a bomber's paradise, you know, in 7,600 yards because they're never going to play it there. It's probably going to be 74 at the most. And really, these guys are used to that you know, <laughs> every going week. Back is, to Rom, real quick, Mikey, going back to Rom, we're talking about this golf course here. And I apologize, but I'm sitting here and this just kind of popped up. I've got Golf Channel on in the background and they're showing some stuff on here with some highlights from him. Does he have the mental fortitude to win a U.S. Open yet? He's getting there. He's fiery. He he, he lets bad shots get to him. I think he's maturing. He I mean, I think just this whole yet. incident with the COVID is a different side you've seen. You know, he put out that statement when he tested positive that night that was very classy and said the right things. But then even in his press conference today, you know, they were trying to bait him a little bit and trying to get him to say something bad about the policy of the PGA tour and how it all went down. And he didn't, whether he doesn't sound like the media doesn't even sound like them. That's right. Whether he believed what he was saying today or not, he said the right things. I almost screenshotted the, the transcript and sent it to Jay, but he was like, no, there's nothing wrong with the policy. You know, it is what it is. We all know what it is. He goes, you know, someone brought the thing about, you know, he should have gone out and played still or played solo. And he's like, no, that's that's asinine. I shouldn't have done that. It is what it is. It was unfortunate. So he seems to not, you know, let this bother him. Like he has let a bad shot bother him in the past. And this is a much bigger deal than a bad drive on a hole, you know, where he's hit T markers and smashes club and cursed and done that kind of thing. So I think he's starting to change to have that mental side to deal with adversity right. that which you're going to deal with in 72 hole event of a US Open. Well, and I don't think it's something I don't think what happened to him is going to be a career derailment. No, I just don't think he's going to win this week. And I think that's going to impact it. Because yeah, I can buy that be too many questions and too much surrounding that. I can buy that. Absolutely. But so I don't want to get too much preview coverage. So we don't waste all of our hot takes. That's for right. tomorrow we'll get so, we'll get more in tomorrow night yeah we'll definitely get some more involved we'll, we'll get uh jay's opinion and tom's opinion and, and see what they have to say on you know and we'll actually do our picks i'll i'll i'm going to kind of tell you i only gave out a couple of the guys on my squad there's a couple of guys i clearly glossed over that are on my squad that i did not mention tonight that i will mention tomorrow night when i, I do my actual picks i saved some good ones the only one i can guarantee is on my team it's Ryan Palmer. <laughs> so, well, you know, take that to the bank, listeners. But so we hope you enjoyed this little chat. And again, maybe you took something. Maybe you already knew all this. Maybe we're idiots. Maybe all the above. All the above. All the above. But this was a great fantasy preview. We hope somebody got something out of it and that uh, it helped put a couple more dollars in your pocket one way or the other. That's right. And like I said, look for the link uh, on our Instagram post that our vice president of social media will post in a little bit it'll be in our bio as well uh, we'll also try to shoot it out to any friends and family you know text that we have numbers try to shoot it out to them so they have it and you can join the emerging nine golf podcast on DraftKings and then make fun of our picks and i think there's actually a chat in these things that we've never used 
we might have to get into that with some of the uh, listeners this week. So oh, we 100% need to, if you're in, please feel free to hit the chat button. We want to engage with you, uh, DM us on Instagram, uh, hit us up at emergency nine pod at gmail.com. Uh, we look forward to engaging with you in any way possible. All right, listeners. We, we, again, we thank you for, for tuning in. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for the short show. And, uh, we will have the full show, uh, tomorrow for you, but so keep an eye out for that. But I just got a little more, a little more listening to do this week of, of at least two of the four knuckleheads and uh, we'll bring the other knuckleheads back tomorrow. So thanks again for tuning in and, uh, enjoy the U S open. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Take care.